on the David Glenn Show, it is uh, ECU Takeover Day. The hashtag, ECU Day DG, 800-849-2761. If you're uh, interested in requesting any records here on the uh, show today, they must have a swashbuckling or pirate lore theme, perhaps uh, the purple in the title. Purple Rain here. That is I, mean, purple I know it does, yeah. it's not the greatest no, radio it's good, read but I mean, join, no, no, but, it's, you know. Well, no, it's not a great radio read, but it is Prince. Nobody uh, can argue with that. No, no one can. Uh, we've got uh, Joe Dooley in just a moment. Mike Houston, ECU football coach, with us at the bottom of the hour. I'm Patrick Johnson. Great to be in for another year on this uh, fine voyage, the Voices of North Carolina tour at the David Glenn Show or at David Glenn Show on Twitter uh, at uh, 943 The Game uh, is where I uh, can uh, well you can find some of my stuff there on Twitter that's the station I'm on uh, down east which is a great DG affiliate uh, we're uh, pumping the signal through there today and uh, crystal clear FM so everybody can uh, hear it in the Pirate Nation and uh, at P-Man on Air on uh, Twitter you can uh, follow us uh, there as well for everything you need to know. I mentioned uh, briefly, and I just want to get, I meant to mention this with Cliff, but we went a little uh, long with him, uh, Coach Godwin, and uh, it is uh, ECU night at the Mudcats game tomorrow night. So a uh, chance for all ECU fans to go out and enjoy uh, Petey the Pirate, Gary Overton, the old, uh, the all-time winningest coach, uh, the old ball coach there. will be throwing out the first pitch, all-time winner and uh, wins leader at uh, ECU in baseball, and uh, Coach O will be uh, tossing it out. There'll be all kinds of other purple and gold excitement, but they've got these great little hats that are going to be given away to the first, I think, 500 through the gates. Have you seen those? It's that dual-branded uh, Mudcats ECU logo type of hat. It's a purple and gray hat. It's it looks sharp. really sharp. It's, it's a sharp. sharp hat, and uh, I'm headed out there tomorrow to get my uh, cap. So I'm going to – I think after the show here today, I will camp out and uh, go ahead and start that process. Now, never mind if there's a game tonight. I, I don't want any part of that. I'll just go tomorrow and get my hat is what I'm looking for there. I'm going to be the first one through the gate. Uh, we uh, turn our attention to uh, hoops and Joe Dooley joining us uh, here. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Nice to talk to you uh, again. Uh, active uh, recruiting season for you guys. Uh, is everybody, uh, is it a name tag situation at the team meeting, or how's that uh, with all these new names going? No, there won't be. Na- the fans will need to name tags. The coaches better <laughs> not. I think the fans will definitely have a, it'll be good for program sales. I think people will need them. <laughs> <laughs> advertising the program this year because a lot of people will, will pick them up uh and uh just a couple of guys returning but a, a lot of really good talent into the program coach when you uh took back over uh as the head coach at, at ecu and you were doing your evaluation uh you, you, i guess you you really felt like that in order to compete at the american compete on a level you're used to competing on as a head coach and a longtime assistant at kansas that the the, the roster and, and to a degree the culture i guess needed an overhaul well, I think, you know, I was fortunate in, in our staff, a couple of the guys, you know, Coach Rockford and, and especially Raphael Chilios had been through some builds. Rock had just been at Virginia Tech for four years. and I think the, the cultural deal is part of it, but I think when you look at talent, uh, you look at the ability, and I think there's a little bit of a confusion. Everybody says, you know, you want to compete in the league. We don't want to compete. We want to win. And in order to win, you have to have high-level players in our league. And, um I think there's a lot of variables that go into, you know, as you're evaluating rosters, there's a million different things that go into it. But uh, I think the guys did a nice job of, of, you know, filling a lot of the holes that we had and and adding a lot of talent to our our roster. 
Charles Coleman was a guy you all were on uh, pretty hard and heavy. Uh, he had verbaled to Wake and then ends up signing with ECU. I think there was a little attention from Duke, which got a lot of uh, national attention, uh, you know, and, and created some memes and that sort of thing. It went viral. But, uh, you know, as far as someone that is, uh, you know, the type of player you want to bring into a program, the type of player that you kind of need to have, seven-footer or not, it, it, is he – has the potential to kind of embody what you want to bring in uh, hopefully year after year into the program going forward? Well, I, I mean, I think when you look around, I, I, you know, Charles is going to be a, a, a big piece as we move forward. He's like most of these big young guys. He needs to develop some. But when he walks into the room, he looks like what a center in the ACC or Big 12 or the American Conference looks like. And, you know, you look around in our league, you know, Memphis had the number one overall recruiting class in the country, brought in the number one player in the country. And uh, Wichita State has – really good players back and Connecticut had a good recruiting class and the job that Kelvin Sampson's done at Houston in the last five years has been terrific. And, you know, you need big bodies, you need depth, you need retention. And uh, Charles definitely looks, it looks to partner in our league. ECU basketball coach Joe Dooley with us uh, here on uh, ECU day on the David Glenn show, Patrick Johnson with you uh, here out of the DG uh, studios across our uh, statewide platform, including uh, down East on our affiliate 94, three, the game. We're happy to have you with us and happy to have coach with us here. You know, you reeled off uh, the sort of the top teams in, in the league. Uh, but I mean, UCF gets the sweet 16. Uh, USF, what a, a big jump that South Florida had this year, win-wise. Uh, there's a new coach uh, with some NCAA experience at, at Tulane. This neighborhood is uh, about as tough and balanced as one in the country. Well, I want you to think, you know, there's 12 teams in our league. Six of them were in the NCAA or NIT. Uh, USF was in the CIT, and you say, well, that's six of them, and that's, that's you know, over half, which is terrific, and you know, that includes, you know, when you when you think about teams with perennial big names in our league, you know, UConn was 15 and 18. They weren't even a factor in the in the deal. And, you know, when you have the four teams with Temple and Wichita State, Central Florida, and Houston in the NCAA tournament, and uh, Central Florida could have easily won that game. And, you know, Houston has had a great run lately, and I think they'll continue. Wichita State was in the final four of the NIT. Uh, Memphis made the NIT. Uh, I think that, you know, you see a real balance in a, in a very good league. And that is in, in a year where it was, if you will, down, uh, you know, by, by some people's national evaluation standards as far as NCAA tournament teams. I mean, this is a, a league that could probably get five or six teams in annually pretty easily, I would have to imagine. That's that, that's what we're that's what the league is, is trying to plan for. And I think, you know, schedule for those type of deals. I think, you know, scheduling is an important deal. And you know, there's different variables in that. And I, I do think that the, the league is very good. It's a, you know there's some tough places to play, uh, very good coaches, and, and obviously some talented players. Joe Dooley with us. Uh, you released, uh, I believe, yesterday the non-conference schedule for uh, the basketball team. When you're when you're putting that together, it is uh, who you can get to play, where you can play them. That all kind of factors into it. But as far as in an ideal world, designing a a pre-conference schedule for a, a team that it has some talent, uh, but is going to have to, you know, all play together kind of for the first time. And it's a good number of guys, uh, 10, 11 guys having to play together. 11 guys. Yeah, that, I, that are I, new. Scheduling is, scheduling is a real deal. Uh, you also have to factor in there were some, some contracts that we had to fulfill. There was, there was two games on that uh, on, on the road that were um, that were scheduled before we got you that we have to return. There's a game that we have at home that was scheduled before. So I, I think hopefully as we move forward in, in the future, there would be, 
know, two really good road games, two really good home games, and maybe a neutral court type game. We have 13 non-conference games. And then, you know, some, you know you, then you're, you're sprinkling some good home games to, 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 to prepare you for the American. And uh, I do think that, you know, scheduling is a wacky deal because you also factor in you know, who can play, what date. Um, you know, you're in exams this week. Let's play next week. We can't. They're in exams. Uh, you know, uh, can you move this game? Can you move that? It gets, you know, we don't have a facility that day or something. I mean, there's, right. there's some things, but I do think that, Scheduling, especially going into to next year, will be very important for us. You know, Liberty uh, has has really had a nice run here. They've got uh, a guy who's brought the Virginia pack line uh, kind of defense and, and that style in uh, to that program. And you could end up playing them twice potentially between yep. uh, your regular season game at home and then uh, the, the possibility to play them in the Bahamas. Uh, but, I mean, you know, people look at that on Liberty, but, I mean, this is a program that, that, that has won championships here in recent years. Yeah, they won the Atlantic Sun last season, and uh, they've got a good nucleus of guys back. I believe they have four starters back, and uh, you know, play a very deliberate style, and, and you know, had a you know, obviously did played well in the NCAA tournament last year. And when you're a team like that, you have some success, you have some confidence. Those are teams that, uh, in a crazy deal, those are also some of the teams that you know that they are good resume wins. And uh, the name isn't the, the, the national brand, but it, when you start looking at the what tiers there'll be? There'll be a tier one or tier two win, uh, you know, or or loss. Those type of situations. Those are the things that factor into the NCAA selection deals. You know, traditionally, Joe ECU's not participated uh, in that sort of uh, destination tournament in the early season. But you mentioned going to the Bahamas this year, uh, and I know there's some. Uh, there were at one time some restrictions on how many of those you can go to, and it, it, it's you know a budgetary thing too, but. Is the goal to to be able to to sell the program to recruits to to try to get into more of those type of things and and expand the brand to different parts of the country or world? There is, and I, I do think that in order to do the endure in order to recruit, you have to be able to do those type of things. You have to play uh, good non-conference games. Obviously, the the conference is very good, which is a nationally recognized conference. I think you have to try to schedule some out out of conference games that have some. Some uh, you know some cachet to them that people say hey that's going to be a great home game or they return next year and uh, I, I think those are all things that you know your fans are looking for those things I think the NCAA selection committee is looking for those type of things. We Joe Dooley, ACU basketball coach, on the phone with us here on the David Glenn Show. The uh, we talked to you last on our, our local show there in Greenville, uh, UConn. That news was kind of fresh. They decided that this will be their last year. They're going to go to the Big East. Uh, what is sort of the, the thought on that as far as, and you mentioned they were 15 and 18 this year, but, you know, what, what, is, what is the overall kind of, as you talk to coaches in the league, their thoughts on them leaving? What would be some things in an ideal world from a basketball perspective you would like to see maybe tweaked, if anything, with scheduling now that it's a, kind of an odd number? Uh, is, there, is there any desire on your part or maybe other coaches' part to get it back to an even number by bringing a, a team in? Well, I think the league is very comfortable where they are right now. Um, I think the the coaches in the league, you know, have been, you know, pretty well documented or rumblings forever that UConn wanted to go back to the Big East because of basketball and proximity and those type of deals. Uh, gave them a little bit more of what they what they thought of as natural rivals. And uh, you know, I I do think that uh, the league is comfortable. I think you know we'll, we'll, they're saying right now we'll remain at 18 league games for right now and. Uh, you know, we'll just keep it up. My guess is the league and, and, and East Carolina will just keep reevaluating. Joe Dooley with us. Uh, UCF, you talked about that uh, 
uh, in the NCAA tournament and uh, could have could have knocked Duke off. Uh, are you when it comes around that you know point in the tournament, ECU is not participating in any kind of, of postseason. Are you wa- able to watch games and kind of do it, enjoy it on any level as a fan like that? Do you find yourself maybe? Uh, for... I do watch, but I don't enjoy it because you're not there. <laughs> right? Yeah. I do. I do think that you know you, you do root for the teams in your league because of shares. Uh, you know, winning shares for the league is, is good, and I think it helps the league. I mean. You know, Johnny did a really good job, and Taco Fall had a tremendous year, and his son Aubrey had a really good year. B.J. Taylor, you know, they had a nice team, yeah. a very experienced team. You know, with Johnny Jones left Johnny a real good nucleus, and he did a great job taking those guys, getting them older, and adding his son. And, and um, you know, I thought that they were a really, really solid team. You got to see Taco once, I think, this year. Um, and we saw him, you know, all four kind of years at UCF. He really got skilled, added uh, some muscle. I mean, obviously signed uh, where he'll he'll be a part of the Celtics roster at some right point. Celtics, if not, yeah. yeah. Do you think he'll be a serviceable kind of pro? You know, you get a guy that's kind of that unusual seven-seven height, and sometimes at the pro level, it's kind of a deer on ice that doesn't look real. You know, they're offensively not very polished, but it seems like he put in a lot of work and and could find himself to be a guy that can, can contribute down the road on some level. I, I do, and everybody says he was a great kid. And the, and the weird deal, we we scrimmaged him both years. Uh, we scrimmaged him two years when I was at Florida Gulf Coast, so we got to see him three years in a row. Okay, and he, his development, especially on ball screen defense, uh, a little more skill around it. I mean, you know, even in the NBA, even when you watch in the summer league, it's sort of amusing because he's just so much bigger even than those NBA guys. I mean, and, and you know, we played, and we were we were obviously not very big this year. I mean, we're starting six seven, and there's Taco. I mean, he looks, you know, it's like looked like a son playing against his, his dad, uh, <laughs> and uh, he was just so big and, and, and massive, and affected the game on both ends of the floor. Because you know, when ball goes up in the air, either way, he, he's already got such an advantage. I mean, he can block shots without jumping, or it's one step and a little jump and get it. And the other thing is, you can't simulate it. I mean, sometimes you can simulate A, B, or C, but you can't simulate height. And then when, when you see rare height like that it's it's a whole different different cat joe dooley with us joe before we let you go uh you know there's always sort of these uh uh, you know, ills, everybody says that are affiliated or associated with college basketball one way or the other, they, they're recruiting the AAU thing. If there's one thing in your mind that you would like to see college basketball do as far as, you know, the so-called basketball czar that kind of oversees it separately uh, from the NCAA, uh, is that something you could get behind? Or are there some other things you think that could make this whole sort of process uh, you know, a little more modern in, in some respects as far as NCAA well, basketball I goes? So. I mean, watching a lot of these things, and including, the, you know, the thing that just happened. I mean, one thing I wish we would do is, is I wish we'd have a common sense council. And someone would say, when something comes up, what are you thinking? I mean, if let's, I mean you look at this deal with the Rich Paul deal the other day. We talked about that the first day. We said, here comes another lawsuit. What are they? It's, a, it's amended. But how, did, how would you... When you came up with that, did you think that was going to be, uh, you know, attainable? And there's a lot of these deals that I think are well-intentioned, and I don't think anybody's doing anything maliciously, but the, the, the thought down the road needs to be, well, what's best for the student-athletes and for the game during the next X years, and how do we attain that? And it's, Everybody's going to have an opinion and you know, on those deals, but some of these deals don't take anything more than common sense. 
when you kind of first heard, you alluded to it there, the rich, I mean, what was your gut on that? And do you think what they've done to amend it is, is palatable enough, or is that just sort of a CYA sort of deal in your mind? I, I thought it was a lawsuit waiting to happen, and I don't know how you could, uh, you know, from that deal, I don't know how you could institute that. Uh, and I'm not a lawyer, and I'm sure there was a bunch of lawyers making phone calls that day waiting to try to sue somebody. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, but it just, it just seemed from the whole thing that, I mean, how are you going to, you know, after after they haven't been doing these deals, how you can know, I understand. I think even the agents don't have a problem with regulation to make sure that they're certified uh, to come up with you know A, B, and C. And uh, you know, I, I think you know sometimes you're better off sitting back and evaluating. There's a, there's a, I think they're trying to do. They're well intentioned, but some of these deals are sort of knee jerk deals that aren't you know aren't necessarily thought through for long term planning. Joe Dooley. Hey, Coach, great to talk to you again, and uh, looking forward to seeing you, I'm sure, uh, somewhere over the next few weeks and, uh, and talking to you there uh, locally as uh, basketball season gets uh, fired up here in a few weeks. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. All right, Joe Dooley with us uh, here. We, we, we wanted to get that uh, thought out there to, to Dooley, so I kind of artfully did that. But that's a very interesting take on, on that, uh, that, that whole situation. I agree with him. I mean, that there's certain things that are just common sense, and that was not one of them. Yeah, I mean, I, generally speaking, uh, cannot get behind the thought that a four-year college degree is what separates uh, a shady con man yeah, from, a, from a legit agent who's going to give a young, that a young guy a, yeah, a chance. It makes no sense. It's not a quake. Now, should there be some kind of regulation? Should there be some kind of standard? Because there are a lot of... I mean, you see it at all levels. I mean, I've seen guys at football ink some kind of deal with a true chyster, and that's a bad deal for them. I mean, should there be something? Sure. But, I mean, to put that kind of qualification on it just seems just seems odd. You know, and it's, and it's as Joe said, that's, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen there. I mean, there, there are plenty of – you don't need a four-year degree to work in this profession, Darren. I prove, you know, I have one, but I prove that you really don't need one. <laughs> but I mean, if there, you know what I mean. And then there's something else that I, you know, one of my many uh, jobs that I do that they had a regulation like that that you had to have a certain level of education, and they backed off of that in that profession. I mean, we're getting kind of off topic here, but a lot of it is the same thing. You can't, you know, somebody could be great at what they do and they never set a foot in a, on a college class. Uh, campus or college classroom but i mean that's that's it's a slippery slope and it was good to make that amendment to it but it just was it just seemed like somebody was trying to cover cover some tracks there as it were uh we're gonna get up with uh, mike houston uh here uh, a couple of uh comments from uh football uh, we, we have time we'll get to a couple of them here the uh, alleged quarterback uh uh, battle that is going on. Of course, Reed Herring has looked good from what I understand. Uh, Holt Naylor's who is entering his sophomore year. We might have a clip or two from those guys when we return before we get to Coach Houston, if time allows, here on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. And it's the purple and gold wrap, isn't it? It is. Wow. 
Taking me back, Darren. I haven't heard this one in a while. It's ECU specific. Well, no, it's very ECU specific. This guy did a rap, a rap number about the Pirates. So, yeah, it's very specific. This is something. Who's the artist on this? I always forget. I have it. It's, I have it in the... Well, you got 18 interns in there. Can somebody Google it? They're all looking at their Probably. phones. They use the SoundCloud.com app that I use. When I hear a song, I wonder who's saying this. I think half my interns are SoundCloud rappers themselves. Is that right? Not SoundCloud, Soundhound. That's what I use to figure out what's going on (laughs) if I hear a song. Oh, that sounds like a song I'd want to download. Like Shazam? Is that what that is? Like Shazam? I I think it's Shazam for old people. Like my an older guy showed me the Soundhound. How does? All right. Well. how does Shaz- it work? Shazam. Yeah, exactly. Because Shazam could right. be for a young world. It's an app, and you press the tap the button, and you hold the phone up to the to the speakers. That's playing the rap song, and you find out who's doing it, and that's, that and that it shows up on your on your app. Okay, that's exactly what Shazam does. You got to so. be kidding me. Yeah. Well, why am I got this this off brand Soundhound uh, app on my phone then, and don't have Shazam like all the the hipsters? I don't know. I don't know, man. You got to get hip. I, I got to. I, that's a gots to situation. Is there a quarterback controversy brewing in Greenville? Mike Houston will be on with us in a minute to talk about that. Do we want to get the clips or do we uh, need to break so we can get to Coach Houston? All right, we'll do that. We'll take a timeout. And instead of playing clips, we'll just get Coach Houston to answer it for us. He might answer as short as he did the other day when he was asked about it following his media gaggle there in uh, Greenville, but we will see. Uh, We'll be back with uh, the uh, coach of the football Pirates, Mike Houston, in his first year, a national champion at JMU. All of that when we return on this uh, ECU David Glenn edition of uh, the DG Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on the radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. This is not uh, the rapper in our last song, the purple and gold rap. I'm being told that was Udon Cheek, Darren. Udon Cheek. And he had some affiliation with the ECU track. He might have been an assistant or a track star. Udon Cheek. The Pirate Nation, they'll they'll hit you up on the on the text machine if uh, if they got it wanna let you know something, right? I'd totally forgotten that dude's name. So there you go. People are Googling it now. All right, uh, welcome back in. Uh, ECU Day on the David Glenn Show, the hashtag ECU Day DG. Uh, Mike Houston is the uh, first-year coach of the uh, football Pirates at ECU Coach Houston on Twitter. You can follow a Coach there and the uh, native North Carolinian on the phone with us uh, here after uh, day 10, I believe it was, of the uh, preseason uh, practice. Uh, coach, uh, welcome in. Great to have you on the David Glenn Show here on ECU Day. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me on. Audio Moto Show is uh, the newest uh, pirate to join the program. One of those grad transfers from uh, 
from uh, UCLA, kid out of Texas who went in there highly uh, recruited. Uh, that was something you were asked about today. What can you tell us uh, about uh, him, and what could he maybe bring to your receiving core this year? Well, we've been working on uh, you know getting Audie here most of the summer, and uh, just you know you got all the stuff that hangs it up with transfer stuff. Uh, he did graduate from UCLA in three years, so he just graduated this July. Uh, he was clear for practice today, so it was great to have him out there uh, on the field running around. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a great kid. Uh, you know, wasn't anything negative at UCLA. Just, you know, wanted an opportunity, uh, a little bit better opportunity to play. And uh, we, had, we had a connection out there, and so it just worked out. But uh, excited to have him as part of our program. Coach Mike Houston is uh, with us uh, here. He's quite the fashion guy, too. I was looking up uh, some stuff on him a little earlier, and he's got a whole – had a whole fashion show on the YouTube thing. So uh, it, that's that's uh, kind of a unique personality and unique thing there. Could he give you some dress tips, that kind of – you're usually Natalie attired when you put on the suit. I'm not saying you're not, but – yeah, I don't think so. Okay, I can dress myself just fine. So, but excited to have him part of the program. Gotcha. <clears throat> you were asked uh, yesterday or day before about uh, the uh, we we have a, a starter at a quarterback named anytime soon here, and you gave the answer about uh, the thirty first and, and NC State. Let me ask you this. Uh, as of now, with what you all are trying to do offensively, where do you feel like, uh, let's just start with Reed Herring, where do you feel like he is as far as grasping, you know, conceptually what you want to do and be able to make the throws and the plays you want him to make? Well, I think he's got a, I think he's got a firm grasp, for, grasp of our offense. And, you know, I, here's the thing. I know Reed's a guy that has been beat up a little bit in the past, um, you know, by the fans or whatever. Uh, he's a great kid. Uh, he, he is He is fantastic to be around. He has a great arm, very talented, uh, and he's doing a good job for us. And certainly Holton is also. You know, we're I feel very comfortable with those two guys going into the season. Uh, you know, certainly one one of them will be the starter, the other one will be the, be the backup. Uh, but I think both of them are talented players, and both of them are good enough to uh, help us win. From what you saw on tape last year from both guys to what you've seen in the spring and now seen after the summer here in the uh, pre-fall uh, camp, what are what are some areas that maybe both guys have taken some strides in, in your opinion? Well, I think both are are, are drastically improved. Uh, you know, I think you know Holton, because of his age, you know he's going to continue to improve just from experience. Uh, I think he's very comfortable uh, with our offense and and playing in our offense. Uh, I think he is he's done a much better job with accuracy uh, this fall compared to last year. Uh, you know, that was probably one, you know, knock last year was just the accuracy of the throws. Uh, but I think he's done a good job with that. Uh, I think Reed has done a really good job taking care of the football uh, throughout fall camp and making good decisions. Um, and that's something that, you know, he struggled with a little bit last year. So I think both of them are improved over a year ago. I think both of them still have things they, they need to do better. And, uh, and we're continuing to coach both of them up, uh, you know, aggressively each day. Coach Mike Houston with us getting ready for uh, his first year as the uh, head coach in Greenville with uh, ECU. He joins us here on the phone. Pirates in the midst of uh, camp right now and the 31st uh, the season opener at uh, NC State, a high noon uh, kick uh, that will be on the ACC network. And we had uh, learned today, Darren was telling me one of the breaks that I guess Spectrum or at least Clemson was tweeting out uh, that Spectrum is going to pick up uh, that network. So an opportunity for Pirate fans uh, in 
that uh, have that as a cable provider to see it here. Coach, a hallmark of, of your teams, wherever you've been at JMU, uh, last stop especially, was being able to run the football, and that's something you've really preached since day one. Uh, has anybody or any uh, two or three bodies emerged as, as some backs that you feel like you might be able to consistently rely on uh, in, the, in the season as you begin things in Raleigh? Well, I think I think we got everything. We got several. You know, I think uh, you know Darius Penix. Uh, you know, he had a solid spring for us. He's trimmed up a little bit, uh, which he needed to. Uh, and you know, he's had a really solid preseason camp. Uh, Demetrius Mooney, who's a true freshman uh, out of East Rutherford High School uh, here in North Carolina, has had a really solid preseason camp. He's going to be a really good player for us down the stretch. You know, he's he's, he's improving every single day, but he has a knack. Uh, for seeing the cuts, uh, you know he has that extra gear to to hit the home run ball, uh, and does a good job running behind his pads. And uh, you know, and then you have some some returning guys that I think are, are starting to come on a little bit more. Hassan Howell is going to be a senior. Uh, he's a guy that's played you know a good bit in his career here. Um, you know, Trace Christian. Uh, you know, he's coming back from a little bit of a uh, an off field injury this or, or an injury this spring. He's back to full speed now. Tay Williams, I think, has had uh, a better preseason camp than what uh, he had spring practice. Uh, so I think those guys are still battling, trying to, you know, trying to find their their space in that room. Well, we're talking to Coach Mike Houston. Uh, the, the, these guys we've talked about, potential receiving core guys, uh, guys in the backfield, whoever's the quarterback. Uh, all of that uh, really will not matter if there's not improvement up front. Steve Shankweiler is a guy that uh, is, is known, uh, I assure many across uh, our state, as, as far as the work you know he's done for ECU in the past along the offensive line, some other stops he's made at schools in North Carolina or in the region as, as well. And you're looking at someone who uh, brings a lot of experience uh, to, to what you guys want to do up front and what you kind of need to do up, up front. Uh, has right. has the offensive line, you know, under him, it, it, it's kind of taken the stride you'd hope they would uh, here so far in, in preseason? Well, we had a really good day today. Uh, I, I really thought, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, inside run today was very competitive. Um, you know, we kind of challenged them a little bit, but I thought, uh, you know, they really had a solid start to the day with that, uh, with that session right there. Uh, very physical, executed very well. And I think they're they're playing with more consistency, which that's the key. Um, so I think we had a real strong day today. Uh, we're starting to gel together. I think we're developing some depth. Uh, we will be improved up front on the offensive line. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, the big thing is we just got to figure out who goes where, you know, trying to put the uh, puzzle pieces in the right place. The other part of that is you had a couple of guys that uh, just couldn't participate for various reasons. John Spellacy was was one of them. Uh, some others up front that, that weren't a part of what you were doing in the spring. So it's a right. l- little bit of a catch-up situation uh, for them now no that they're back healthy. No doubt. Yeah, John's John's had a solid preseason camp so far. He's playing very fast. Uh, Fernando Fry is another one that uh, did not participate in the spring, and he's having a solid uh, solid fall camp. And then, yeah, I think Peyton Winstead is, is working very hard mm-hmm. to kind of find his way and figure out where he fits in. Coach uh, Mike Houston with us here. Bob Trott is uh, a great, uh, really uh, longtime uh, stalwart in, in the game and has uh, been at every stop imaginable, uh, pro college, 
has uh, won uh, Super Bowls, won championships, uh, is is a top-level defensive coordinator. Uh, and uh, in bringing him with you to Greenville, you know, he's he's kind of sheepish about, uh, you know, what, he, what he'll say exactly about the defense. But, you know, as far as what you expect him to inevitably put in place in Greenville, and even this season to a degree, uh, tell the, the Pirate Nation a little bit about those expectations and, and why you feel like uh, that what he has in store will be ultimately very successful for ECU. In time, and you know, in time, as our program grows, uh, and this will take some time, but uh, in time we will have, I would expect, one of the top defenses in the league. You know, that's, uh, it, it's happened everywhere we've been. Uh, it's happened everywhere Bob's been. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I really have a lot of confidence in our staff when it comes to that. You know, we're, we're recruiting, uh, you know, really high-end, high-caliber players. Uh, people want to be here. So uh, I think you'll see that in time. You know, what, what we can do this year, I think we will be improved. There's no doubt. Uh, we are playing harder. We're playing with uh, more physicality. Uh, we're playing together better. Um, we're still learning uh, how to play the right way. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's like anything else. We have so many bad habits, and it is – it is painful trying to break bad habits that have been ingrained over the past several years that just, you know, are things we do not believe in. You know, we are, we are going to compete every single snap. And, you know, we, when we tackle, we are going to tackle with some physicality. And, uh, you know, it's, sometimes that's not human nature. And if you've been allowed to not do that, then, uh, you know, it's, it's, you got to keep pushing. Uh, but, again, I, I do see improvement. Uh, I think that part of that is going to come with just, you know, how well our offensive line develops, uh, because I think that uh, the development of the offensive line is critical for the development of your of your defense and uh, the development of your, your front seven, uh, because they have to be challenged during preseason camp. They've got to be challenged during spring practice. Uh, and that was that was something that was not here at all. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on right now that's, you know, getting us, you know, the right culture, the right mindset. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with some of the strides we're making, but uh, we're still not where we want to be yet. We've got uh, Meet the Pirates coming up on the 17th there in uh, Greenville. Uh, there'll be a scrimmage uh, before that and an opportunity for fans to get out also toward the new Town Bank Tower. There's a very cool picture of uh, Coach Mike Houston who's with us on the phone here kind of overlooking the, the stadium from uh, that brand-new tower. We talked to John Gilbert, uh, Coach, a little bit about, you know, what this means for football, what it means for the athletic program, kind of the Greenville community as a whole. Uh, from your perspective, uh, that really changes the way that the stadium looks, and, I, and I'm sure will change the atmosphere uh, and, and even amp it up more inside of Daddy Ficklin. No doubt. And, you know, for, for the program, you know, it's, I, think that, I think there's two big impact areas for the program. I think one's game day atmosphere. Uh, you know, I can't wait to experience it. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about, uh, you know, being, being on that home sideline uh, September 7th. Uh, and I think it's going to make uh, it's just going to make each each home game day you know that much more uh, exciting and uh, you know energetic and you know that's going to that that has to benefit the home team. There's no doubt. Um, but the other the other part of that is it does show a strong commitment by the institution uh, to the football program here, and it's going to be a powerful recruiting tool. Uh, you know what I tell recruits is you don't you don't build a structure like that unless football is important here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, you look at uh, the class we're putting together for next year, 
Um, yeah, I think we're going to have one of the better uh, recruiting classes in the conference, and I think we've got a chance to have one of the better recruiting classes nationally uh, because you know we're really you know we're really you know being able to strike home with guys when we get them on campus, and so I think regionally, regionally we can we can really do some do some good stuff in recruiting, and I think that's one of the one of the reasons for it. But you know for our community and our area, uh, I just think it's it's going to be a great facility. It's it's really impressive. Um, as, as impressive as it looks on the outside, it's even more so on the inside. And I think it's going to be a place that not only can we use on game days, but we can use it for a lot of other things too within the community uh, and just really be an asset. Coach Mike Houston with us. I'm, I'm going to circle back. I have a question about the season opener coming up I do want to ask you about. But before that, you, you talked about the recruiting. You've talked about the, the class already committed for, for next year. The thing in, in talking to high school coaches, since you you and your staff have taken over there, that you, I'll run into or I'll even ask them a question specifically about uh, ECU. A lot of coaches at a lot of programs are, are, are seeing coaches from there in, in for the first time in a while, some of them will even say, and they feel like that this is a, a, a staff that uh, is truly interested in recruiting uh, high schools in North Carolina. You've you've coached with a lot of these guys. They're your coaching contemporaries. You have a lot of roots. Staff has a lot of roots here with uh, uh, various uh, high school coaches. You know, it, it, it's somewhat cliche. We want to recruit the state, but you do have to kind of rebuild uh, and in a way had to rebuild some of those relationships, I have to imagine, too. We have, but I think, you know, the job that we've done over the years, everywhere we've been, of recruiting North Carolina because of those connections, uh, you know, opens doors pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think it allows people, you know, to give us a chance. Uh, but you have to recruit your home state. And why wouldn't you? You know, especially especially the eastern half of the state. You know, why would you not do that if you were in East Carolina? And I think regionally, you know, if you just put a three-hour – you know, radius around uh, Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, that's got to be home base. And so, you know, I can tell you this: any any top player in the state of North Carolina will have the opportunity to be here, and and will know us, and uh, and will have to tell us no before they go before they go anywhere else. Um, you know, I just I, I believe in that, and uh, you know, we talk about it within our team. You know, even we got guys that aren't from North Carolina. But we talk about, you know, we want to we wanna be North Carolina's team. We want to be Eastern North Carolina's team. I think that, you know, there's so many strong ties with ECU and the, and the high schools in the East with coaches and teachers and administrators that, uh, you know, I, I think it's foolish if you don't, if you don't do that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do a good job with, with, our, with our region around us, and, and I, think it's, I think it's showing in the commitments we have. In some ways, the 31st probably can't get here soon enough. In some ways, you, you probably wish you had a little more uh, time before the 31st. But, you know, as far as closing this season last year, like a lot of these players did, and, and NC State being the first opponent next year, how much have you all talked about that? Is that a, a, an attention kind of thing to, to maybe get the, the, the players' attention a little more? Give us some insight to that, if you will, before we let you go. Well, I mean, I think the, the irony of it is – is interesting. Um, you know, we opened with NC State at James Madison last year, so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with them. And uh, you know, I just I look at that game at the end of the season, and I just I can't believe what I'm watching. And uh, but I think it's you know it's probably very telling of where things were when I took the job December second. Um, you know, we haven't talked about it a whole lot uh, beyond I've told our team that you know that's not the product we're going to put on the field. Um, you know, we will start talking about it a good bit uh, as we start preparation for NC State next week, um, and I would I would hope that 
if our kids have enough in them uh, that uh, you know they have some determination about uh, showing what they really are. And certainly, I'm going to try to dig into that as much as I can because uh, you know you have an opportunity in the in the opener to go back to the place where last year ended and uh, kind of restart things. And that's you know, that's kind of the message of the whole the whole deal right now is you know we talk about a rebirth of ECU football and a new time, a new era. And uh, I think that our kids are hungry to show that that that's not that's not how they want to be labeled. That's not how they want to be perceived. And uh, but you are. You are what you put on tape, and so we've got to put something different on tape. But I look forward to that game. It should be a great matchup, and certainly it's a great rivalry. Uh, you know, the fan bases uh, are pretty passionate uh, about each of their teams and, uh, you know, pretty passionate about their dislike for each other. <laughs> so it uh, should be a great matchup. Mike, thank you, and uh, we'll look forward to, to seeing you in the next couple of days uh, as uh, the Pirates get ready for uh, Meet the Pirates and uh, get ready for NC State. And thank you for your time this afternoon. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me on. Go Pirates. All right, there he goes. Mike Houston, great to have uh, Coach Houston on with us. We will wrap things up on this ECU day uh, after this on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. No time for celebrity birthdays. All right. Maybe next time, right? Maybe next time. Uh, big thanks today to Coach Mike Houston, Coach Joe Dooley, to Coach Kim McNeil, Coach Cliff Godwin, John Gilbert, ECU Director of Athletics, also John McGinnis with the PGA Tour Radio Network. Also, uh, thanks to Tom McClellan and Ryan Robinson with ECU Athletics for all of their help in uh, putting this behind the scene. Thanks to the guys over across the way, including Darren Vaught, who leads that band of merry men. Good to see you again, Bon. Likewise, we'll man. see you down Always in Greenville fun. on the uh, the tailgate tour. We will. We'll be there for uh, William, William and Mary. And Mary yeah. So the Harold same weekend Varner as weekend, Harold yeah. Varner the third, and we'll be at uh, in Raleigh for the NC State game as well. To open okay, up the all right, there you go. I will be on uh, today at five on our affiliate ninety four three the game. So if you haven't got enough of me now, tune in there or online nine four three the game or on your Amazon or Alexa. Tell them to stream WRHD five o'clock. It's an hour show. Heavy lifting, I know. Alexa, I know. more P-Man. I like that. Let's let's work on that, shall we? Uh, great time today. Always is. ECU Day on the David Glenn Show. Dave Nathan in tomorrow with UNC Day. Houston, or uh, the Hornets on Friday. Have a great, great rest of your day, everybody. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.